You're listening to Magic Not Logic, the podcast. We're Julie and Tash Lewin, mother-daughter duo. Let's get the magic started. In an earlier episode, we spoke, we mentioned something called the amnesia line, which um, is something that I developed after being on the TV show and working with so many thousands of people. It's something that I observed about my clients and also about myself. And I called it the amnesia line because everyone cycles. Like there's there's valley floors, there's mountaintops, there's valley floors. The and ebb and flow. The, it's the ebb and flow. It's the, the up and down of life. It's the rhythm of life. It's... Um, you know, there's a rhythm that happens. We, we're not up all of the time and hopefully we're not down all of the time. So it's, a, it's a, an up and down rhythm. And what I observed is that some people get to a point on that rhythm where they actually forget all the resources that they know that keep them happy, keep them up, keep them balanced. They have a form of amnesia. And that's why I called it the amnesia line. And so what I started doing with myself is I wrote down all of the things that kept me above the line. And my things are to go and take photos of flowers. If you're following my medical intuitive Julie Lewin Insta page, you'll see that I post photos of flowers and I ring a friend. Like that's my go-to is ring a friend. And when my mum was alive, I would ring my mum. And um, I, I do some art, I do some sacred art. And the reason why it's called sacred art is because it's a form of art that takes me down into myself where thoughts actually stop. And so it kind of resets me when Mm. I'm in that space of sacred activity. It's where I lose all sense of space and time and And I can go hours and hours and I haven't eaten, I haven't drunk, and I'm totally absorbed in my art and the creativity. And the more I get into that, the more I see. And then the more I see, the more I see. Um, it's, It's really tapping into my subconscious. And so... I'll go and read a book or I'll, I'll, I've got a, a whole bunch of things. So I've shared with you some of the things that I do, but they're my things. Like someone else might want to go for a hike in nature or a walk along the beach or. I actually to- use these cards in a way. Like, use cards. Like yeah. I didn't expect, like yesterday I was feeling down, like mm-hmm. I recognised I was below the line and I turned to the cards and they uh, shifted the energy. Yeah. Um, which is unexpected for me and that's a new one to add to the list yeah so that's awesome add that to your list and the thing is that with being below the line 
you know you feel flat you know that something's going on but sometimes you can't even acknowledge or recognize what it is mm. you just know that something's not normal mm. or how you want it to be and you know you can go below the line really fast and the what I've observed is the fastest thing to take you below the line is gossip and um gossip is very seductive and what it does is it seduces you into um airing your opinions about someone that um may not necessarily be true or you're sharing information that was given you to you confidentially and then you're blabbing it like there's all different things that come up when you talk about other people in a in a way that's not going to make that person feel good if they were sitting there listening to what you were saying that's how you know that you you're gossiping and so and also the drama triangle like the drama triangle yeah pulled into somebody else's drama Yes. Oh, can drop you. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, I have also, like, as amazing a tool as social media is, I have also witnessed that it can be a thing that drops you below the line. Correct. Like for some of my friends and certainly for me as well, like when there comes a, like, comparing, like the comparison can often drop you below the line because yeah. then there's a not being grateful for the things that you do have is then thinking that you're not good enough or you haven't got enough or you haven't done enough. Mm. Um, Like there's the not enough kind of rhetoric, thought patterns that happen that can spiral you down into the lower force emotions. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. And so, you know, the first step is recognising that you're below the line. Mm -hmm. And... I've actually done a, a chart about what, what are above the line emotions and what are below the line emotions. And um, you can share that in the show notes. I can share that. Oh, great. Okay. So we'll pop that in there. And um, the really interesting thing when I was thinking about that was what if, what if there are three primary emotions like there's three primary colors and and then I thought oh I was so angry I saw red and I went right red is a primary color anger and then I thought oh I'm feeling blue today so blue is sadness sadness is a primary emotion and then I thought well what's the other one and then I had a flash of soldiers running away from the front line and they'd say, oh, yeah, he's yellow, full of fear and trauma. And I thought, wow, yellow, red, yellow, blue, the three primary emotion uh, colours. So we have the three primary emotions, are fear, sorrow and anger. And then I thought, well, what then are the sub-emotions or what are the emotions under that? And so then I added the, the colours together. So mm-hmm. yellow and blue make green, mm-hmm. green with envy. Mm-hmm. 
And so I, I went through what we have in our vocabulary mm-hmm. about colours and emotions. So it's already out there in the, the ethos. Mm-hmm. I just needed to pull it through. So that was really interesting. And um, and speaking of colours, I met a woman, Deborah Borg Sayer, and she wrote a book about wearing or- orange underpants. And basically what she was saying was that the colours that you wear can impact on your emotion and how you're feeling. So if you're feeling below the line, one of the ways of lifting your energy is wear a colour that always makes you feel good. Wear that dress, wear that shirt, wear those trousers. Um, So wear something that makes you feel good. And then I heard another story of if you're not feeling well, then wear, then sleep in pink, sleep in pink sheets, wear pink pajamas, um, have a pink dressing gown. And that actually, that frequency of that color uplifts you and is healing. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of ways that we can raise ourselves back up above the line. And one of the ways that we do really well, I think, is looking at signs and signals and synchronicity. Mm, And the symbolism of all of those. The symbolism of all of that. And um, we've created this language of symbolism that gives us the mystery and the awe and the wonder of how we live our life. Mm. And... I think that all started from when I discovered the amnesia line. Don't wash the fly away. Don't brush it away. Flies are abundant abundance and prosperity. Oh, there we go. See, I'm I'm (laughs) waving my hand and shooing the fly out of my face. And um, so there we go. That's very funny. Uh, Yeah, so I think it's like, what's your environment? sharing with you yeah like what's it telling you um because we're like we're always asking for advice like we're like what do I need to do where am I going like what's the next step uh what do I need to know Mm. and there's almost like a an abdication like an external like we Mm -hmm. want someone else to tell us what we should be doing Mm. but if we actually go within and what I advocate for with the symbolism isn't necessarily like me giving you a list of what all of the things symbolize because they would be my interpretations like of my worldview of my lens like what those things mean to me Mm. but rather everybody coming up with their own meanings like when you sit and you contemplate that thing what comes up for you like what does that thing mean in like your real world like Mm. say um if I was driving and a car stopped suddenly in front of me, like, well, what does a car braking mean in my world? Like, well, that means somebody um, like that. Oh, I need to put on the brakes. Oh no. So I, I will share one story that, um, so my friend Amanda and I were sitting in her living room and we were talking about something. We were talking about um, the future of her business like we were discussing what she needed to do next mm-hmm. and we were I think we must have been talking about something specifically but I can't remember now uh, it was like three or four years ago and outside 
a car like screeched to a halt. And I was like, oh, you need to put the brakes on that. That's not going to quite get you where you want to go. Like put the brakes on that. And she looked at me and she was like, what do you, what, what do you mean? I was like, didn't you hear the car outside screech to a halt? And she was like, oh no, I didn't even hear that. Uh, and so I'm like, I'm really attuned to my environment. And when there's something that's like, I take notice of or something mm. out of the ordinary, like I look for the meaning of that. Like, what's that telling me about the thing that I was thinking about or talking about or planning to do or a decision that I've made? Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes I'm actively asking, but often it's just that I've been thinking about something or talking about something. And I'll look for, okay, well, that means that you're being asked to stop. Mm. You're like, no, but not just like, oh, ease to a hot. You're like, no, stop that thinking. Like yeah. that thinking needs to stop pretty quickly. Like yeah. you need to reevaluate that. Mm. Uh, or sometimes if I've made a decision and then things just start going wrong, like yeah. I'm trying to buy a thing online and it just will refuse, it refuses to take my money, like it refuses to let me do it. So then I'm like, okay, well, what, like, what have I made a decision about that I need to unmake because mm -hmm. everything's going wrong. And so I've done something wrong. Like I've made uh, an incorrect choice. And, and so, how do you revoke that decision? What do you do? Because I know what I do. What do you do? Well, when I identify what decision I did make, and then I, <laughs> I go, I guess I go, well, okay, well I'm, I unmake that decision. Like, like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make a different decision. Mm. Um, so what was it? It was something. So I don't know how much I've talked about um, this, you know, in public. Obviously, I talk about it every day with my friends and with mom. But um, like my timeline anchor, like my plan, my um, vision for my future is to move to New York with my husband. And because we went to New York in January 2020, and like it literally was a catalyst, like a life changing catalyst. And it changed the trajectory of our life. And so that's now like anchoring us, like that's what's pulling us forward. And so all of the decisions that we make are through that anchor, like are aligning to that. And there was something I made a decision about and it kind of, so I'm very attuned to the timeline and I can tell when I'm off the timeline and when I start um making decisions that aren't in alignment with that timeline like I'm very attuned to it and I know when I've been pulled off it and I'm heading in a different direction and like oh I made a decision that wasn't in alignment because like, I wasn't actively asking like I just decided to do something I think it was I can't even remember might have been something to do with getting married because we had been de facto for so long but I knew that to get a visa to go to America, we'd need to be legally married. Mm -hmm. um, but I hadn't talked about that with Steve. And it was just a thing that I knew that eventually I was going to have to address, like that I was going to have to talk to him about and make plans to do. But in my mind, I had started imagining like this big wedding, which isn't us. But in like I had started unconsciously making this decision and I started like planning this whole thing. Like I had Pinterest boards and it was this whole big thing. And what I hadn't realized that in that moment, I had been saying unconsciously that there was something deficient 
in our relationship as it was because it wasn't for a reason it was just that like oh we, maybe we could get married like maybe we could have a big wedding and like there was an unconscious belief that de facto was deficient in some way like mm. I hadn't been approaching it with the right or the you know in my highest good not the right uh mentality and mm. that I had embedding some unconscious beliefs into it Mm -hmm. about what society believes about marriage Mm. um, and not what we had decided as a couple was our path Mm. and so when we did get married this year like I was very conscious about uh, the mentality that I went in with and the Mm. conversation that I had with Steve about it first because I'm like my timeline is like is the thing that pulls me. And so I'm like very aware of when decisions pull me off that. Mm-hmm. And so in unmaking that decision, I'm like, oh, and I deleted all of those Pinterest boards. I was like, no, I don't, I don't need that. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't need that guys. Like that, that's not required. And so I guess in the unmaking of it, um, I just make a different decision. Mm-hmm. Or I mm-hmm. revoke it and be like, I revoked that one. That's not that's not the decision I want. I want this one other one instead, like to my subconscious, but also like to spirit team, like to everybody involved. Like I actually, I see it written on a whiteboard and I rub it out and I say, actually, no, no, I erase that, erase that decision. And um, I, when I make a decision, that's not on my um, highest good. i I haven't been using timeline. Mm. Um, my left knee will swell up mm. and I get pain and I go, oh, where have I made a decision that's not in my highest good? And then I find it because it usually happens within a day or two. Mm. And then I reverse it and then I wake up the next day and the swelling's gone and the pain's gone. Mm. So everyone will have their different um indicators of when they've gone off the path that they want to be because we have like infinite possibility so I was reading this I've been reading this amazing book uh that talks about quantum physics so it's um uh, I'm going to put the book in the show notes because I particularly like it um but I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head but it's about so I use the word timelines but they use the word uh, parallel world. Mm. So it's like coming up with your ideal parallel world because it seems like a parallel world because it's so different from the reality that you're currently living. So if Mm. you're wanting a big, hairy, audacious goal or future that's Mm. very different from where you are, it can seem like it's an alternate universe, like it's an alternate reality um, to get there and like this massive jump like how do you become who you need to be in order to to live that life Hmm. and um (laughs) I don't know where I was going with that oh no I don't know where I was going with that but reading the book and it's um we were talking about different people's um how they recognize that they're on track, oh, track. I think um like your path 
So like yes. this idea of having a path that you're wanting to walk down, like if you're wanting to do something big and um, like crazy seeming to everybody else in your life, yeah. like it's going to require certain things of you to be able to get there. And yeah. one of those is like just having like a blinkered focus mm-hmm. on where you're going. Yeah. Like of and oh, that's right, that there are infinite possibilities. So within quantum physics, um, like, I'm sure that people are aware, but there was like this um, experiment, string theory experiment, where they were sending um, electrons um, through like holes in something. I didn't understand all of the science, Um, but essentially they would like bounce off each other on the other side and they would end up in multiple places. Mm -hmm. But then if they put a camera in two places um, where they were sending them through, then they would only exist in those two places. And that's Mm -hmm. called superposition. Mm -hmm. And essentially is this idea that we have infinite uh, opportunities, like infinite realities existing simultaneously. But when we focus on one, Uh, it's the reality that we live in. So like my attention being here means that that's the reality that I'm living in. Like me sitting in this office talking to you is my present reality. Mm Uh, and so within the book, there's like some um, like things that you can experiment with with superposition. And so I've been doing that with New York in that, like I had an experience the other day when I was cooking. So Steve and I were cooking quiche. But in that moment, I was both in my kitchen here in Brisbane, but also my kitchen in New York, <laughs> cooking quiche in New York. And it was so vivid. Like I was having the memory of in that body of going to the deli and buying the parmesan that like Steve was grating because I could smell parmesan, but I was having the memory of going into the deli and buying the deli and I could hear the traffic and like I, I was in New York and it was the most wild experience that I was literally in two places at once. At like I was yeah. in superposition. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I want to do more of that consciously. And so the thing that I've been doing this practice, like with New York, obviously since last year, but somehow I'd always been imagining it in my future. Mm-hmm. Like I was, it was always in the future. And when I was reading this book, I realized that uh, if I continued to do that, it would always be in the future. Like I would never be getting there yeah. and that I needed to look at it from now like my present and so now instead of like stepping forward into the future I step uh like outside of myself like to the right Mm -hmm. it's for some reason it's usually to the right so I'll step out of myself and to the right and into myself in New York yeah like in the reality where I'm in New York in that moment like what would I be doing if I was in New York in this moment and so me sitting here like I would be in my home office in my apartment in New York yeah like and just imagining what that would be like what that would look like what it would feel like what I would be seeing and experiencing like in real time like mm-hmm. through my eyes so mm-hmm. uh, associated yeah uh, not dissociated like not yep. seeing myself doing things experiencing myself doing things through your eyes through my eyes through my body wild isn't it wild and like uh so I guess (laughs) that's how the conversations go um but like this idea of like just 
blinkered focus on Mm -hmm. where you're wanting to get to and feeding new information to your subconscious because our subconscious presents opportunities to us Mm -hmm. based on what we're expecting like based on the information that's in our subconscious it will present opportunities to us to take advantage of yeah and so if you're wanting a new reality you need to feed new information into the subconscious consciously so through our conscious mind feed new things and that might be in my case like I watch a lot of TV shows unintentionally now, they just get presented because that's how much I've been feeding New York into my uh, subconscious, that the show will be set in New York or the movie will be set in New York or I'll be in um, TK Maxx and I will see a um, shopping bag that has New York on it. Mm. Like, well, obviously I'm going to grab that because I'm feeding my subconscious with New York. Uh, And the more specific you can be, the more those opportunities will come and so we've recently rebranded the website which seems like on the surface of it crazy (laughs) like the other one was doing fine but because I've been so consciously feeding New York and that uh, reality into my subconscious all of the different things that are required to get Mm -hmm. there are now presenting themselves like what the work needs to look like what our clients that we're helping look like like Mm -hmm. what the one-on-one coaching looks like, like what the tools and products that we're creating look like in order to get there. Mm -hmm. And they just are presenting themselves. And so then I check in like, well, is this required for New York? Because out of the infinite possibilities, like the infinite uh, opportunities that can be presented, I only want to take advantage of the ones that are getting to New York. And so I guess when we're finding our path, like that's what I advocate for because I'm, you know, I'm very uh, focused on where I want to be and who I want to be in that life and make decisions based on that. And so if other people are wanting to get a reality, like they're wanting a world that is so far from their current reality, Mm. like that's part of it is, well, what does that look and feel like? And what are the experiences of that world for you? And then feeding your subconscious with that. So that's really awesome, Tash. And it's brought up a memory for me where I speak to many people and sometimes I share that you're on your New York timeline and <laughs> that you're very focused and, and I go, you know what, I just put my hands in the air and go, you know what, what she needs to get there, I want that too. So that can be my timeline. And I'm Take quite me for the ride. I'm just along for the ride. And um, But they say to me, but I don't know what I want. I don't know what brings me joy. I don't know... Mm-hmm. I don't know what my timeline is that I want to focus on. What, what would you say to those? I mean, look, I didn't know. Like uh, before we went to New York in 2020, uh, I was lost. Like mm-hmm. I had sold my wedding business of four years and I had tried a different business with my friend and that didn't work out because it, what it ended up being was a spiritual incubator. Like it helped us grow, but it wasn't meant to be a business we took anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't know what I was meant to do. Like I didn't know why I was here. Mm-hmm. Like what was, what was my mission? Like what was mm-hmm. the point of being here again? Yeah. 
And so I asked, I was like, well, you need to show me what I need to do because I don't, I don't know what this needs to look like. Yeah. And I just put that out to the universe. Um, and I was doing graphic design at the time because I'm a graphic designer. I have been for over a decade, but it's not a thing that I always actively pursue. Mm. Uh, it's a thing I do because I enjoy doing it because it brings me joy sometimes, but not all the time. Mm. And I was watching uh, YouTube as I do. I like to watch YouTube things. And I was watching an interview with um, Jimmy Fallon and uh Oh my goodness. <laughs> it was so pivotal. And now I can't Groff. remember the actors. Um, yes, Jonathan Groff. Thank you. Um, uh, an interview with Jonathan Groff. But it was an old one. Like it was months old. And I had already seen it, but I felt called to watch it again for some reason. And so I was listening along and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about that bit. And then he pulled out um, this theater uh, playbill for Little Shop of Horrors it's like so I hear you're going to be in Little Shop of Horrors and I just was like what sorry what's happening because Little Shop of Horrors is like one of the first movies that Steve and I watched like the first weekend that we spent together like I stayed at his house uh and like it's our movie it's the musical that uh, we both love and like was pivotal in our relationship and Jonathan Groff was one of our favorite actors in a TV show that we watched called Mindhunter. And we just finished watching Mindhunter and we just loved him so much. I'm like, oh my God, oh, I have to go to New York to watch that. <laughs> Which for everybody in my life that I told, I was like, no, I have to go. We're going to New York. Like we're going to watch this thing. They're like what? <laughs> Who are you? you don't travel you don't go anywhere you don't even go an hour away to travel like you don't go on holidays like that's yeah. just not who we are yeah but I was like I have to go like if I don't go now when would I yeah and I was like well universe like if you want me to go to New York you have to find me some money and so I was like okay how would I get the money to go like say it's 10 grand how would I do that Oh, actually, I don't think I'd been practicing graphic design up until that point. No, like I'd been doing like maybe some ad hoc stuff um, every now and again, but nothing really like purposeful. And I was like, well, that's two branding clients. Like that's two $5,000 branding clients, which is what I charge for uh, branding packages. I was like, well, that's only two. That's only two clients that I have to find. That's not that many. I was like, okay, well, if that's, what needs to happen, then that's what happens. Um, bring them to me because I'm very demanding of my spirit team of the universe. I'm like, no, you need to bring me the clients if I'm meant to go to New York. And in a Facebook group, someone um, put a call out like they were looking for a branding person and someone I know that I had done some work for, like I think it was one of your friends, um, like put my name down. And so I had a meeting with this person and um, they picked me and I went on and I did that. And it was almost all of the money that I would need to go to New York. I was like, this is incredible. Okay, well, I guess I'm going to New York. At this point, I hadn't told Steve. Like I hadn't been like, so my intention is to go to New York. I just was doing this all by myself, like all in my own head, like planning what this was going to be. And 
I had enough like on a credit card to buy the ticket, like the air, air tickets. So I was going to buy the air tickets without telling him because when we go to, when we get to places, he loves it. But the getting there is like the mission. Uh, and so I'm like, well, I'll just surprise him with having manifested this money and having been able to buy all of these things to get there. And the credit card that I was going to use, I didn't realize that I didn't have the up-to-date card because the card had gone to an old address at some point and I just hadn't followed up and gotten a new card. So I wasn't able to pay for the tickets, even though I technically had, like money was coming in, it just hadn't come in yet. And I couldn't use the credit card, but the tickets were that I'd been following the tickets. Like I'd been on Jetstar, like not Jetstar, on Flight Center every day for like two weeks like monitoring how much the tickets were going to cost. And this one day it was the cheapest that they had ever been. I was like, well, I have to get it today. And so the universe was like, well, you have to get Steve on board because there's no other way. And so I had to talk to him and I had some big money stories at that point. Like I didn't like asking for money. Like I had a lot of uh, problems talking about money, asking for money, like needing somebody else's help in paying for something. Like I like to be self-sufficient. And so it was a real hard thing to ask him to give me the money so that we could go to New York, even though we'd been like de facto for what, like six years at that point. So like we were essentially married in our mind but I still had trouble asking for our money to go towards this thing. And because I had to justify why I wanted to go to New York. Like, I don't know why. Like, I don't know why I want to go to New York other than I want to go see this musical, which on the face of it seems like ridiculous. Like, it seems like a crazy thing to want to do. Like, to go for a week to New York to see this musical for no other reason. Um, but I talked to him and he's like, well, if it's a thing that you really want to do, then we'll do it. Like, we'll buy it. Like, we'll buy the tickets. And he didn't know why I was so, like, like crying. Like, I was bawling. Like, I didn't even know how to handle my emotions about asking. And so I was just, like, crying to him about wanting to do this thing. Uh, and he's obviously the sweetest man on the planet and was like, well, of course, if you really want to do it, then we'll do it but you're going to have to earn the money. Like you're going to have to be able to um, put the money back in the kitty. Uh, and so that was my job was to then uh, get the money from client work to pay for the, th the things along the way. So he paid for the airfare tickets and then we were locked in. Like then we had committed, like we'd made the commitment to go. And so then everything else kind of fell into place. Um, oh, actually, sorry, I think before I bought the I think you tickets, might have bought the tickets. No, I bought the, the I bought the tickets too, which was almost $1,000. Like I bought the tickets to Little Shop of Horrors. I'm like, well, without telling him, I'm like, well, we're kind of going. But I also, like the risk was if we can't go, like if we can't get the rest of the money, it's only $1,000. Like it's only $1,000 of my money that... I can't go to this thing. Like, you know what? That's a risk I'm willing to take. Mm -hmm. And so I committed at that point. But then him coming on board was like an us commitment. Like mm -hmm. we had committed to this. And then what I hadn't realized is that there was way more uh, 
excitement and way more like, oh, this is real when he was on board. Mm-hmm. Like when I had talked to him and got him on, on in on the excitement, they're like, oh, well, we could go to this place. Or we could go to this place. And like it was way more potent, mm-hmm. like potent manifesting energy yeah. when I was doing it together with him, not just me thinking about like, oh, one day wouldn't it be amazing if we were doing blah. It was like, oh, we're going. We're going to New York and this money has to come in because we've committed. Like we've bought the plane ticket. Like we're going now and we have to be able to pay for these other things. And so then the client work like happened and I got paid and I bought the hotel tickets and like everything was paid for except the things that we were going to do while we were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then suddenly we were going, like suddenly we were on the plane and then I was like terrified like terrified that I was going to die on this plane because I'm not a good flyer. And also I think looking back now, like my uh, soul knew that it was bigger than that, like that I was edging against like the upgrade, like the soul upgrade, like the new, the new life. Yeah. And I was coming up against that and it was really hard. Yeah. And mum did some clearing work for me on, like, my terror of flying because uh, it was bad. Like, I was um, panic attack um, stations. And, like, we got there and we flew and we arrived and it was literally, like, coming home. Yeah. Like, we crossed the bridge. I was like, oh, my God. It's just like what everyone said because I was, I was that person was like, it can't possibly be as good as people say like everyone is like it's the greatest city on earth and like it couldn't possibly be that good so I'm not believing that I'm just gonna go in uh thinking that it might be a good week somewhere and I get to see this amazing musical uh but it literally was everything that I needed and it changed something in me Mm. and like changed the trajectory of my life and so and then when we came home and I had like an inspiration for work that mom and I could do together, like, well, maybe if we try this. And so then that cascaded the work that we've done for the last two years together, yeah. or almost two years. Um, but it was that one catalyst. And I think if we're unaware of the catalyst, mm then we don't necessarily know how much it's changed us. And it's in reflection. Like in the moment, I didn't know. Like in the moment of going to New York, like it was incredible and I loved it. And we came home and for the first time ever, we were both like walking around our own city going, it's not New York, is it? What is it? Like, what was it? What was it about New York that was just so amazing? And like, we'd go, oh, it was this thing. Like, this thing was just so amazing. And we were, I was like, if we could live there, I would. Like, if we could live in New York, I would move there in a heartbeat. But it wasn't a like serious, like, I'm going to move to New York. It was yeah. a, wouldn't it be amazing? Like, wouldn't that just be the wildest thing if we moved to New York? Um, but it was like a like a, a soul wish, but yeah. not a intention, like not a we're moving to New York and I'm hella high water. I'm making this happen. Yeah. Uh, kind of an intention, which was more this year. Um, but we joined a mentor 
um, like a business mentor in August last year, August, yeah. September last year. And they had a process, like a morning formula was what they called it, um, of designing your life, like what you want your life to look like with your business. And I did it. I was doing meditation at that point. And um, is this one I'd created where there was a big movie screen and I basically called on my future self. I was like, I need you to show me mm. where we're going because yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. And I need you to show me. Yeah. And it was like I got pulled through the screen and I was walking down the street in Manhattan. I was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? We're in New York. And it's like, what is happening? What is happening? And I was like looking around and it was like I watched myself um, buying this apartment. I don't remember what it was, but like I followed myself walking around New York. Mm-hmm. I was like, well okay all right if that's if that's where we need to go then I guess I have to figure that out then uh and it's like in reflection I'm like oh I did all of these things but they were all totally unconscious at the time like I was playing like I didn't know what I was doing like well maybe if we do this then I can get to New York Mm. um And I just kept like playing with this idea of timelines and like, well, that's my timeline. And there are many other timelines that I could be on, but that's the one I choose. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the timeline I choose to be on. That's what I want my life to look like. Mm. And there was a point where we signed on with another mentor and I like energetically aligned with this other um, person, like this other um, spiritual teacher and I literally woke up one morning and I didn't recognize my apartment and I didn't recognize the timeline I was on. I was like, where the fuck am I? What is happening? And I'd been kicked off the New York timeline onto randomly a Colorado timeline. Right. And I was like, what is happening? Like, what am I doing in Colorado? Like, okay, that's really odd, but I don't want to be in Colorado. What did I do? Like, what decision did I make? Who did I align with? Like, what has happened to kick me off New York? Mm. And it was, I traced it back to, like, energetically aligning with them. And so I unsubscribed from all newsletters, like, all email things, like, everything that I had done when I'd energetically aligned with that. And then I came back onto the New York timeline. It's like, okay, I have to be really careful about what I energetically align with. Yeah, because it has to be um, like vibrationally matched to New York. Because mm-hmm. um, if it's not, then I run the risk of getting booted off. So I'm just really careful about what I align myself to, and like this idea that everything is energy and everything is vibrating, and we can energetically vibrate at the same frequency as the things that we want. Yeah, and so I'm now just more consciously co-creating that than I did before. Um, like the clothes that I buy I want to vibrate with New York energy Mm -hmm. and the things that I do and the things that we buy for our apartment um, as you probably heard in a previous episode um, I my housemate moved out and so now we have the apartment and we're in the process of buying that off him so it'll be our apartment and it's been like a critical um, like move the same as getting married like 
when I was asking my team, like, well, what's required to get to New York? Like, what's a step? Like, what are the things that I can do that can collapse that timeline? Mm-hmm. Like, then that can make it happen sooner. And yeah. getting married was one of those things and buying the apartment is one of those things. And so I'm just really focused and conscious. And my friend also shares my New York stories. Like, I just got a New York timeline. I'm like, I'm just going to be like famous for my New York timeline. <laughs> everyone's just like, oh yeah, do you know who this girl is like, got a New York timeline? She's like really focused. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I am. Um, but like along with it, like it's not just living in New York, like it's who I am and the work that I'm doing. And it's like big world work. Yeah. Like who I am in that life is big world impacting work. And so that's who I am set on becoming. Yeah. Um, So in terms of if people don't know what their timeline is, like what their timeline anchor is or what they're working towards, like I didn't consciously set out to have mine. I asked my soul, like my future self to show me, I mean, I guess what the biggest impact I could have on the world would be. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the work I'm meant to be doing? Like, what's my sole mission? Like, what am I okay. here for? Like, those were the questions I was asking. And that was the vision that I was shown. Yeah. And it was, like, so vivid that that's what I go with. Yeah. Like, the thing that is the most vivid, like, most sparkly, like, the most yeah. joy-filling, like, not just the anything life. It's the what is energizing, like what's amplifying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so, but it's a, like, it's an activity, like it's a process. And Mm. I guess if people want some guidance around that, we could run a workshop. So like, if you're listening and you want us to do a workshop around that or like um, an experience, an event or something around that, then just let us know and we'll put that into motion. Cause I just do it. And it's only when people ask me how or why I do things. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I guess this is why. Um, and I don't realize that I do it any differently to anybody else until people are like, whoa, that's so cool. That's so wild. It's like yeah. the unconscious confidence thing. That's it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think that well, I think that that's been a long episode and I think that that's probably enough for today. Probably. Um, but we'll figure out what our next episode is going to be mm-hmm. um and uh, we'll all see you in the next episode you yes, know will. follow you us there. subscribe to us on spotify and apple music again and you know if you like what we're talking about leave us a review um, thank you we appreciate you see you next time bye bye